0: the 11th verse. And the word of God reads, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. I don't think I'm going to get past that today. Amen. Uh, I will say this before I give my title. Let me just kind of set this up a little bit. Last week we learned that this letter of was written. Uh, this letter Colossians was written to the Colossians there by Paul, and there was some good news that was sent to Paul by ne- by the name of a man, uh, a man by the name of rather Epaphras. Um, in his hometown, he heard the gospel that Paul preached, and he uh, went and take, took that gospel and repeated that gospel in his hometown of Colossae. And um, he repeated this gospel that Jesus Christ is here to save you. Jesus Christ is the salvation. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you, and you can be saved from your sins, and that God would forgive you of those sins if you trusted and relied on Jesus Christ alone. For salvation. Jesus paid the price for our sins on the cross. That is the message that he heard from Paul that it was time to repent and trust in Jesus. Amen. And then, sometime later on, Epaphras, after taking that message in, preaching that message in his hometown of Colossae, he then went back to visit the man, Paul, Apostle Paul. he first heard that message from and he visited Paul while he was in jail. And there were some other people there, uh, as I told you Onesimus and another guy Tychicus who were the foot soldiers who spread the gospel, took the letters to all the churches. And they were all there and they were listening to this report from Epaphras who heard this gospel and he said, guess what Paul? There's a church there now. And people are growing in Christ. They're learning about Jesus Christ. People are saved. So Paul hears this good news, and then the Holy Spirit leads Paul to then write this letter that we now have in our Bibles, which instruct the Colossians, but not only the Colossians, but instruct you and I today as far as growing in our faith. Amen? But Paul doesn't just write words. This is the word of God that he is writing. But he doesn't just leave them with the word of God. Paul is in prison, and he hears his good report, but he continues to do something else. As he's writing his words, he's explaining something to the Colossians, something that is most necessary for anyone to grow in the Word, and that is the necessity of prayer. Say this with me. If you're going to grow, you're going to have to pray. Amen? You're going to have to pray. And we see that here in this ninth verse. He says uh, that he always prays for them. He doesn't cease to pray. He's not stopping prayer since he's first heard this word of good news about the Colossians. He says we continue, basically, to pray because you're going to need it. Amen. And then Paul would also know this because Paul is a sinner saved by grace. But Paul is a man who has been gifted with certain things. Amen? If you turn with me real quickly, keep your finger there, but turn with me real quickly to 1 Corinthians 15 and 9. 1 Corinthians 15 and 9. Thank you, Lord. Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, Because I persecuted the church of God. Then he says this, and underline these words. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, amen, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. He's saying that out of all the apostles, he's the, he's the least of the apostles. He's the one that messed up the biggest. He's got the, the worst, you know, come to Jesus story. <laughs> Amen. And he's basically saying that in, you know, in his ministry, he's been empowered. The word here, grace, that I had you underline three times, is divine influence on the heart. Remember that. Divine influence on the heart. We're not going to get far doing anything for God or being like God unless we are graced with God's ability to be like God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a divine. In other words, there's something outside of you and I that allows us, empowers us to be like God or to do anything for God. There's a divine, divine influence, influence, I love, I love that, that, on the heart. This is not grace as in merited favor, unmerited favor being brought into the body of Christ. This is something that happens. This is a gift. It was a gift that was bestowed, something that is given to you. Yet not I, but Christ. He's saying, yet not I, but the grace of God, the chairs of God, the, the, the influence on my heart, which is with me, within, within me. God has done something in Paul. Here it is again, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Give me the uh, New Living Translation on this one. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualifications come from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Paul was a scholar. Paul was well-trained. He was smart, well-read. Amen? He knew how to present a good argument. Paul knew the scriptures. He had them memorized. He was a true Jew, and he did all of that before he was saved. Are you hearing me? He accomplished all of that before he was saved. What happened? Well, he's saying that the best that I could do with everything that I know how to do naturally is tear up God's church. <laughs> that's all he could do. I know the Bible, and without divine influence on the heart, I have no effectiveness. Are you ooh, are you That's pretty much my message today. Amen? So he's saying here, back to Colossians 1, 9, and 11, New Living Translation, Colossians 1, 9 through 11. He says, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul, if anybody understands that you can have the best teachers, the best Bible study habits on the planet, you're still going to need somebody who puts you on their prayer list. Oh, are you seeing what I'm saying? Not just a prayer here and there. Not just a, you know, right now prayer for an emergency that's happened. Not just a, a right now prayer for a possible good opportunity. Something that's coming, you know, where, where you know, oh, pray for me because I, I see I'm about to get a promotion and I need this money. You know, not just those kinds of prayers, you know. But a prayer warrior who's assigned to intercede for the church and the individuals in the church. Because the truth of the matter is, is he said, since I first heard about you, since I first heard from Mr. Epaphras, whether he was an a evangelist or a a, 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 you know, a temporary pastor put in place until something happened, and I, don't, I don't really know. But the truth is, is that they've got, there's a good report and we have some good things that we've, you know, that we are seeing happening in the Colossae area with the Colossians at the church there. And what Paul says is, I better start praying. You know, since we believe that there's real evidence of transformation that Jesus Christ has come to these people, that they have received Christ, they're saving faith in this church, Paul says, uh we better start asking for some specific help now. Are you hearing me? What I want you to focus on is the letter is being sent. This is the word of God, and he's still saying, we better pray. Are you hearing me? What is he praying for? We ask that God give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual Wisdom and understanding. Complete knowledge of God's will is growing in the knowledge of God's word so that you would know precisely what God wants to do and what would please God in any given situation. Amen? And spiritual wisdom. It is the ability, I love this, Uh, my wife talks about this a lot, Um, the ability to collect and organize from the word of God, God God-given principles for life. Are you hearing me? Amen. God-given principles for, you know, to, to give you understanding. Paul is giving them the letter, which is the holy word of God, and he's not stopping there. He's saying you all need discernment. Amen? Discernment. They're surrounded by all kinds of mystical stuff. There's all kinds of teaching going around that's er erroneous and wrong and can lead to error. He's saying uh, there's a way to see God's word and collect God's word, his scriptures, amen, so that you will know God's specific will for your life, complete knowledge and spiritual understanding. Amen. Only the Holy Spirit can give that to you. So you got to pray. Are you hearing me? A lot of us have messed up. We've married folks, gotten with folks, went on dates with folks, went to certain schools, applied for certain jobs, you know, got into situations and running in, out of situations, you know. We have regrets from some of those things we've done. Amen? Here's the funny thing, saints. We were saved. We knew the word. But we weren't patient enough we weren't lenient enough, we weren't humble enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to exalt my interpretation skills over the power of the Holy Spirit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lean on God until I know, I'm going to wait on God until I know, I'm going to collect some scripture and try to figure this thing out, not by myself, I'm going to be patient with God until I know what his specific will, his understanding, his complete knowledge. You know how you hearing me? Spiritual understanding. Why? Because I can do this thing by myself. I didn't have three Bible studies. I'm just going to go on. No, no, no. He's saying discernment. The ability to collect the scriptures, Old and New Testament, and say, you know what? Before I jump into this situation that I can't see what's coming, I better pray. I better lean. I'm talking about humility here. It's humbling to pray. What you're saying is, God, I don't know, but I know you know. Are you hearing me? I done got three, three degrees. I'm, a, you know, seminary down, but I, I still need to pray. Are you feeling what I'm saying? My, my, my father and my mama, the evangelist, so-and-so, and <laughs> we've been in church five generations. We've been walking with the Lord forever. You still better pray. You better pray. We were saved. We knew Scripture. And we still made some decisions. Why? Because we rushed in and we didn't pray. Knowing the Scripture, knowing the Word. Are you hearing me? To know how to apply these principles and these precepts in order to walk it out. And here's the promise. Verse 10. Verse 10. It says it here. By doing that, here's a promise from God. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. The church is going to be busy learning how to please God. This will go on and on and on. And on, and you will never arrive at the point to where you don't have to do this. Amen. What is this saying? It's a saying that scripture is necessary. Amen. Word is necessary, and prayer to understand that scripture is necessary. It's essential. Necessity of prayer. Amen. We don't stop learning. Amen. We will be able to please the Lord because we are. Growing in the Lord. We are waiting on the Lord. He is our priority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and here's the thing. It's not just praying for yourself. Amen? As I said before, it's, pray, it's somebody praying for you. Acts, the ninth chapter. Don't turn to it. Trust me, it's there. Paul's on the road to Damascus. He's on the way to see, you know, how many Christians he can round up. He's got papers, you know, that say, you know, I have the authority to go and round up folks and throw them in jail and persecute them and do all kinds of stuff. And then he has this moment where the Holy Spirit, no, excuse me, correction, Jesus himself. Jesus Christ shows up on the, on the road to Damascus. Saul, so, by the way, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm not there. Why are you persecuting me? It's hard to kick against the goals of a prince. You know what I mean? It's hard to fight against me. You know, you're only damaging yourself. Paul has this moment where he's like, oh, I'm on the wrong team. (laughs) So what is that? Repentance, salvation, right? Paul already had the scriptures. Now he's understanding them in a moment like, whoa, I've been wrong. So there's salvation, there's repentance, there's knowledge of the word, but that still ain't enough. Jesus gives him instructions. Go to Straight Street. And go and see a man by the name of Ananias. Ananias, he is a disciple of mine. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. He will tell you what to do. Ananias, what does he do? He prays for Saul. Saul was already praying. I'm sure he was at that moment. <laughs> you know, when you find out you're that wrong, <laughs> just, just wrong and wrong, just just all the way wrong. He's He's praying, praying, but he he says, says, go and see Ananias, Ananias. Ananias. And he will pray for you. And the Bible says something like scales fell off his eyes. He could see. What am I saying, saints? It's not just you praying for yourself. It's somebody also praying for you. Are you hearing me? Amen. Somebody's got to pray for you. Notice, you know, it's being born again is necessary. Knowing scripture is necessary. Praying for God to help you is necessary. I'm glad somebody's getting it. Amen. Amen. It's necessary. Amen. Intercessory prayer is a very important part, is a very important part of the Christians for one another. Amen. We are not sent into the world to live unto ourselves, but we are members of one body. And each member is expected to contribute to the health and the comfort of the whole. It is uh, true that we cannot all preach. We can, you know, we can't all, you know, be super evangelists and deacons and leaders and speakers. And not everybody's gonna get up and take the pulpit, take the mic, you know. You know, not everybody's gonna, you know, sing people into, you know, healing and whatever, whatever. Not everybody has those, you know. Everybody get up and see what I can do. gifts. you know, not everybody can do that. But you know what we can all do? Pray. Can't even clap on beat, but I can pray. Are you hearing me? And you know, I'm not talking about you know somebody who's like, you know specially gifted to pray either. You know, yeah, those folks who are just like whoa. What I'm trying to say to you, saints, is it's on all of us to intercede for each other. It is necessary to pray. Amen? Amen. James 5, 14 and 16. We know the scripture, but, you know, I'm I'm not even going to apologize for it anymore. I just want you to hear Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, we we say in King James, availeth much. What does that mean? Has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. So those of us who pray, we are helping people. Folks are helping you by praying. It is necessary for prayer. Back to Colossians. 1 and 11. Back to Colossians 1 and 11. All right. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. Amen? May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who lived in the light. The Colossians church, as I said last week, was being persecuted because they were believing in Jesus and not going with the mystical belief system and the Jews that had come in and infiltrated the church. They They were not agreeing with that, so there was a lot of heavy persecution coming against them, and there was a lot of erroneous teaching. And so they needed the Holy Spirit to help them to have the character of Jesus Christ, which will always include endurance and patience. Amen? Now, Paul did not pray that the Colossians would have more gifts to heal folks. He's not praying that they may go out and perform special miracles, He's not praying that they would be able to raise the dead. He's not praying that they would heal the sick. He's not praying that they would cast out demons. His prayer here is that they would have power, that the child of God would have power while they're enduring all these trials to watch this, to not complain, not retaliate, Patience and endurance. Don't complain. Don't retaliate. He's saying the most incredible testimony that we can give at this time is that you could face trials with a smile. Well, I just raised three people from the dead, but your attitude is janky. <laughs> You're ruining your testimony. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Long suffering with joy. That's the prayer. Amen? You know, this, you know in Christians today, we get a lot of people who put a lot of emphasis on special miracles and speaking in tongues and healing the sick. And that's great. He's saying, but the greater miracle is that the child of God is able to patiently endure while everybody else who does not believe in God is watching them. That's the big miracle here. Always thanking the Father. Always being grateful for the fact that I'm saved, that I'm sanctified, that I'm now in the family of God, that I'm not going to hell, that he's washed my sins away, that no matter what I do, I am with Jesus Christ. He'll never let me go. He'll never let me out of his hand. No devil can take me from God. I am safe and secure. I'm on my way to heaven. and nobody can do anything about it. Are you hear what I'm saying? Are you feeling where I'm coming from? So he's saying basically that what he wants us to do is have patience and endurance. That's the power of prayer. That's not something that you get intellectually. Are you hearing me? You don't read prayer, uh, uh, power, that kind of power in your life. You know what you do? You understand it. You got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. But then there needs to be a supernatural infusion of power. Are you feeling me? I know what I'm expecting. I know what I'm praying. And then when I receive what I've been asking for, I can recognize it. There's a, oh, there's a word and prayer together right there. Are you hearing me? So I understand that, that there are some things I can get intellectually, yes, but there are some things, you know, I, I, Lord, if you don't come through, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I mean, you know, I, we, we, I've been telling my children lately, you know, people know this all over the country the, the Bible kids you, you, those kids can I'm telling you they know their scripture and that's good that's what we're supposed to do mama works very very hard my wife is not playing when it comes to teaching the children scripture we want to have something in them amen but what I've been saying lately also along with that is you know what kids watch this don't open your Bible before you pray You're going to need some power. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the truth. How many of us are like, let me just read my scriptures right quick. Let me just get it over with. You know? who this word is going to be good. I didn't ask for help. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to ask for help. Amen. All right. That went all over the place. Paul would not have the Colossians church ignorant. He knew that spiritual ignorance uh, is a constant source of error, instability, and sorrow. There are are people who have pierced themselves through, thank you, Lord, with pains going against what God said. Some of them did it intentionally. Some of them did it by accident because they didn't know the word. Are you hearing me? It's very important. So so Paul is not saying he doesn't want you to study. He's saying he he wants you to to understand the word. But But he's he's saying that that is going to take some prayer. Because, Because again, I'm going to say it one more time. We don't exalt our own interpretation skills over the power of the Holy Spirit to tell us what God is saying. Are you hearing me? That is error in itself. Because what you're saying is, is, I got it, God. And the truth of the matter is, is we would have never written this stuff. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get held on this stuff. All right. So the Colossians church, Spurgeon made a very interesting statement here. Um, you know, we're always giving thanks to the God the Father because of where where we come from and the fact that he brought us out of darkness into the light. Um, and every church pretty much starts with that truth. But But the Colossians Colossians church, Spurgeon said was, he went to compare that to the Corinthians Corinthians church. Church. And he he said, said, the Colossians Colossians brotherhood differed considerably from from the churches at Corinth, Corinth, which which abounded, oh, I love this, in talent, and and they they were enriched with all knowledge. knowledge. So So not only (laughs) did the Corinthians, the Corinthians Corinthians church, Church, they had some serious church. They had had folks folks that can, can Interpret Scripture. They had folks that could teach Scripture. They could speak in tongues. You know, they could do all kinds of sort of things. And Paul is saying, yet that church, with all its gifts and ability, eventually became a place, if I'm not mistaken, of a lot of chaos. What happened? No humility in prayer. Okay, the Corinthians were a messier church. The Corinthians were very gifted. They had a lot of people with a lot of knowledge, but they weren't humble enough to check in with the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So in one sense, it's good that you got all these spiritual gifts, but if, you're not, if that thing is not, you know, insulated and guarded and has the right boundaries in prayer, then eventually you start doing your own thing. And that's what happened. You see all kinds of stuff going on in the Corinthian church that God never said. They had a great start. Just like all churches. But the issue is, is eventually you kind of start veering. Why? Because you start trusting yourself. Are you hearing me? Sprague said that Corinthian church was gifted. He's not praying for gifts for the Colossians church. He's saying, listen, I want you to have knowledge. I want you to have understanding. I want you to be rooted and grounded in that word. And the only way that's going to happen is if there's some divine help in doing that. Are you, Are you hearing me? All right. Here's some, some cross reference scriptures for you. And I'm almost I'm almost done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.18. Ephesians 1.18, one of my favorite scriptures. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand... The confident hope he has given to those he's called. we got hope today, saints. Amen. we got a real reason to look forward to stuff. You know, you know what I'm saying? There are people in this world that this is all they have. But we don't, we, we're beyond that. The body of Christ, we have confident hope in the promises of God. And he's saying, I am praying. There it is. That you understand what you've got. Are you hearing me? Huh? Huh? He, to those who are called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Amen. And then verse, don't do this yet, let's see. Verse 19. also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Amen. There's that power to be like God, power to be like Jesus, power to not retaliate, power, amen, to be strong and strengthened in your trial. Power to have patience and endurance. I want you to have that kind of power. That same mighty power that raised, as verse 20 says, Christ from the dead. The power for you to endure your trials looking like Jesus comes from the power that raised Jesus. Are you hearing me? Amen. That's how I want to say. He's seated in the place of honor at God's right hand. Siri, don't turn. I'm not talking to you, girl. My computer said, "Uh uh-huh. Is that crazy? That's why we need to go back and just get your Bible and read a, get a piece of paper. paper. That was crazy. Girl? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to jump up in the message. Shut up, girl. <laughs> All right. So go back, go back to Colossians 1 and 9. I want to say something to you. I, you know, I like the Living Translations, but I study out of the King James. And the reason why I said it is because the King James. It's just more accurate. Sometimes the paraphrases kind of simplify things in such a way uh, that's sometimes good, but not always bringing you everything in it. So now I'm going to go back to the King James, Keisha, and just give me verse 9 right quick. Because there's a key word that's left out here that you got to see. Colossians 1 and 9, King James. Yeah, yes, there it is. Okay. All right. For this cause, talking about the necessity of prayer. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be, keyword filled. You see that? Filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That word right there, there's a twist here that I want you to see because this bless me. This word, fill, is the idea of not, not so much being like filled up with a cup of water, not quite. This word has the idea of having your sails filled with wind, okay, like a sailboat. The wind causes the boat not to stay still, saints. The wind causes the boat to move. Are you hearing hear what I'm saying? So, so he's, he's saying, saying that I want you to be filled with, with the knowledge of God, with the intent of moving in the direction of God. In the direction of God. Oh. So, so what, what, that, what are you saying, Pastor? pastor? It's, 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 it's not just being some Bible study person who has no intent of doing something, something with what you know. know. Some of us get stagnant, we get comfortable. That's the first one. We get comfortable. We sit for years on all this knowledge that God has given us and we do nothing with it. Sailboats get wind to move. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no sailboat sitting in the middle of the ocean with a sails expecting wind. Once you get the wind, it pushes the boat. Uh, all right, Pastor. But here's the catch: it's not the kind of wind that you can control. It's being filled not with a gentle breeze. Are you hearing it's being, it's being filled with this violent wind that's powerful enough to where you just decide, you know what, we can't control this, I'm not going to steer. I'm not going to touch the wheel. I'm going to allow God to fill me with his spiritual knowledge and discernment to where I move in the direction he wants me to go. Not me trying to tell the wind, and take the wind and catch the wind so I can steer the direction where I want to go. you got a whole lot of people who want to use God's word for where they want to go. That's the kind of time we live in today. A lot of itching ear. Churches are filled with folks who are using the word of God and trying to fill up on spiritual knowledge so they can find a way to do what they want to do. That is not God's intention here. It's not a... (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? You can kind of get in control of your boat if you got to. But it's the idea of this violent wind where you just like, okay, you're in control. We're going where you say we're going, God. We're doing what you say. I see all kinds of people in the pulpits nowadays with all kinds of political agendas. All kinds of things that they want to say and everything they want to push in front of us, you know, this matters and that matters. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And love is this and love is that. You know what I'm talking about. And we got all that kind of stuff going on. What I'm trying to explain to you people is Jesus is not, the Holy Spirit is not the wind you control. He's the wind that controls you. Are you hearing me? So we're being filled With spiritual knowledge and discernment, not to sit still and not to steer God, but to have God tell us, most importantly, Lord, how do I please you? What is your will? What is your specific will? How do I collect Your truth in such a way where you are spiritually guiding me to the scriptures that show me how to do whatever you want me to do in this specific time for this, for your one specific purpose to give you glory and honor. That's what it's about. You will not find any joy until you're in that place. Amen. And here's the thing, and I love this. Yeah, you know what? We're going to end early. Here's the thing. CFD Mole writes, prayer makes two great requests, two great requests. It asks for discernment of God's will and then for the power to perform his will. Oh, I love that. It's what is your will, God? And now that I know it, <laughs> empower me to do what you said. Because the truth is, I can know God's will but not want to do it. I can clearly see what it says in the word of God and be like, I don't feel like it. So what I need is divine influence upon the heart. And the only way you get that is by the Holy Spirit supernaturally empowering you. And then let's flip this thing. In intercessory prayer, stop looking at your husband and your wife and your kids expecting them to do something because you say. It. If you don't put prayer on that thing, they ain't gonna move. Are you hearing me? You're pulling your hair out waiting for them to change. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is God said, you didn't come to me You're not asking me. Throwing scriptures around. Have you heard this Bible study? Have you seen this? Have you done this? Have you heard this preacher? Here's the point. The only thing that's going to move people is the only one that's moved you. And that's going to take prayer. Saints, what I'm saying, saints, is we got to humble ourselves. We got to humble ourselves and say, you know what, Lord, If you don't do this thing, it ain't going to get done. It ain't going to get done. All my efforts, all my my trying, I'm I'm going in circles. I don't know what else to do. And God's saying, good, Are are you done yet? Are you done yet? Do what you need to do here. What is that? Pray. The necessity of prayer. I'm done.